what is prayer? Some people would say, you know, it's a conversation between us and God, right? I heard, um, you know, I want to try to give credit to where credit is due, but I don't always remember when I hear things who said them. But uh, I think this might have been Bill Johnson, where it's two hearts engaged, and the stronger one always wins in its transforming ability. The strongest one always wins in its transforming ability. Two hearts coming together, us and God. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll try to speak up. But it feels weird to hear my voice. Oh, okay. Um, prayer is also a covenant with Jesus, right? We're in a covenant relationship with Jesus. He responds to the prayers of his people. Mm-hmm. Two hearts engaged. That's what prayer is. It's two hearts that are engaged. And the stronger one always wins in its transforming ability. Which is great, because anytime we go into prayer with God, his heart is obviously the stronger of the two. So we get to come out transformed, which is always a good thing. And a life of prayer prepares us for training. It's a training for reigning and ruling with him throughout eternity. So our life here should be a life of prayer, and it's preparing us, it's training us here on this earth so that when we're with him through eternity, we're ruling and reigning with him. We've just built such an incredible prayer life here that our next step into eternity... I'm going to get to that. Thank you. You know, I'm going to say, please bear with me, because this has been um, me trying to put things together rather quickly. And so that's why a life of prayer is training us here on this earth to reign and rule with him throughout eternity. Uh, That might have been Bill Johnson, too. I'm not sure. I think it was. Okay. Now there's a lot of different types of prayer. Okay. I'm not going to cover all of them, but just I'll I'll just start naming some and talking a little bit about them. If you have others that you want to add, the one that always comes to me first is the Lord's Prayer. Because that's the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. And that prayer is packed full. I mean, we could spend, honestly, I feel like we could spend days just unpacking the Lord's Prayer. There's so much meat in it. Uh, And you can find that in Matthew 6 and Luke 11. Okay? Um, Jesus modeled out a life on this earth of fasting and prayer. Okay? He always got away with the Father, solitude, but he fasted also. We know about the 40-day fast in the desert. We know about times of him getting away and fasting and praying. There's prayers of intercession. 
okay? A lot of us know about intercessory prayer. It's praying earnestly for a person or a situation. So you think back in like the Old Testament, Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, Moses interceding for Israel. Okay, those are some examples of intercessory prayer. One of my very favorite prayers too, and I know Tim just mentioned this um, last week, is the prayer of blessing. And that is found in Numbers 6. May the Lord bless you. And watch, guard, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And the last part of that, God told, make sure I get it right, God told that when Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in his name, that the Lord himself will bless them. So, when we are praying a prayer of blessing over someone in Jesus' name, we're being blessed too. Okay? Um, Ephesians three sixteen through 20 is another great prayer of blessing, a prayer over others for spiritual growth. Um, Colossians 1, 9 through 12 I would flip to all these, but I feel like it would take a lot, a lot of time. Colossians 1. These are, these are prayers of blessing. The second half of Colossians 1.9, that we may be filled with the full, deep knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things, that we may walk in a manner of the... Worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God. We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory, every kind of endurance and patience with joy. Okay. Another, um, I find that this is a prayer that Rusty and I go to a lot is the prayer of agreement because it's just... He's always, you know, he's a phone call away or a text away or in the same house. And when there's something going on, like this morning we were praying for um, ransom. You know, he had to go have an MRI. So we stood in the kitchen, we're holding hands, and we're coming into agreement for ransom to have, you know, nothing show up on the MRI, which nothing showed up on the MRI. Um, but it says in Matthew 18... 19 and 20, that where, I think that's the scripture, where two or more are gathered, that we're praying according to his will, he is there. He's there among us. So he's hearing our prayers. We're praying within his will. He answers our prayers, especially a prayer prayed in faith. Okay? Um, prayers for provision. We've prayed these prayers many times over the years. And we've seen the miraculous happen as we've prayed prayers of provision. Gosh, there's tons of them listed too. Um, Matthew 7, 7. 
Lord, I thank you that whenever I ask, it shall be given to me. Whenever I seek, I shall find. And whenever I knock, the door will be open to me. Um, Lord, I thank you that as I honor you with my possessions and first fruit of all I have, you provide my every need, even to overflowing. Uh, I don't know if it's in here, but one of my favorites is in 2 Corinthians 8, I believe. Second Corinthians 8, 9. Or 9 8. 9 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to us in abundance so that we may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self sufficient, that we would possess enough um, to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. That's like one of our favorites, and, it, and it's followed with how he gives seed for us to sow and bread for us to eat. So you sow your seed and you eat your bread, but you don't eat your seed and sow your bread. Well, I feel like I could elaborate on that for a while. Um, so we've be, we have this lifestyle of when money comes in, Lord, is this seed? Are we supposed to hold on to it? Is it bread? Is it provision for us? Or do you have bigger and better things for this money? So let's say we get a check unexpectedly for $500. I'm trying to, to think of an actual, you know, situation. I'm drawing a blank. So let's just say we get a check for $500. So we're like, Lord, thank you so much for this. Is this seed or is this bread? And if it's seed, then we don't keep it. And we ask him. Where do you want us to sow it? Because it means he's got bigger provision that the only way he can get it to us is by us knowing through a lifestyle of prayer, through coming to him and saying, we've got this money. We've been praying for, I don't know, let's say a car. We need a new car. And we want to stay debt free. That's something God, you know, has helped us do to remain debt free for quite a while. So we want to buy a car, Lord, but we'd rather pay cash. So then $500 comes in. That seems like, okay, we should just set that money aside. That's for our car. Or is it? And he says, sow it. And chances are, as we obediently sow that seed, then we wait for the harvest to come in. Because where you sow a seed, we have farmers, you're going to, you just expect a harvest, that's all there is to it. If Butch plants seeds of corn, he's expecting a harvest of corn to come up. See, by staying in that lifestyle of prayer, and it really does need to be a lifestyle. One of the things that Penn Clark said when he was here one time, just I've never forgotten. He said, all disciples are believers, but not all believers are disciples. So as disciples, one of the things, one of, I feel, that, that helps us stand out is that we have a lifestyle of prayer. So we take God's promises, we know his, his word, and we expect. You know, we live a life of expectancy. So if you're talking about seed and bread, you've got to know, because if you eat your seed, then what God intended that seed to do can no longer, can no longer happen. So you, don't, you never want to eat your seed. 
sow it where he says. So I kind of jump over to listening prayer then because <laughs> listening prayer, Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice, right? And he also said, I only say what the Father says, I only do what the Father says to do. So if we're in a lifestyle of prayer, then we have to learn how to listen. And you know what? I can be guilty of this a lot. God, you see what's going on? We need do do do, and this needs to happen, and what are we going to do about this? And you know what? Boom, 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 boom. Okay, have a great day. I love you. Bye. That is not a listening prayer. That is a laundry list of needs in a hurry. That's not a relationship. That's not a two-way. He tolerates it, but that's not the best. And as disciples, we need to be in a practice of listening, of being still, be still, and know that I am God. We can't know where he's God (laughs) and all that he has and all that he wants to do if we're not willing to be still. Right? Okay. Um, There's prayers of thanksgiving. Those are great. That's such a great way to start prayer. Your prayer time is just being in an attitude of gratefulness, thankfulness. Um, You can turn any bad situation, any bad day, you can shift that if you start with an attitude of gratitude and let the Lord, let him know. Let him know. I mean, he already knows, but how great he is, but I like to tell him, I like to thank him. And when you start your time of prayer with him in an attitude of worship and and just being so grateful for all the things that he's doing, see, it's easy to come up with a list of all the things that you feel like you're not getting, all the struggles, all the disappointments, all the negativity, that's so easy to come up with. But if we just put an X through those or each one that you have listed in your mind like the car broke down. God, I, you know what? It's a bummer that the car broke down, but thank you, Lord, that you have provided for us. Thank you that we have the ability to pull money out of savings and go take care of that. Lord, thank you that you know we still have four tires that are <laughs> you know, up and running or whatever. They're not bald. Yeah, just little stuff like that where you can flip it, like Dan Moeller when he was here. I love that. Out of everything he said, <laughs> I've held on to flip it. So when we come in, you know, just having, today was the day from hell to be, I probably shouldn't say that in the microphone, but it was, it just was a hellacious day. There was a lot of attack going on. There was a lot of fearfulness on my part, things going on. Um, I had, hmm? Uh, About camp? See, I'm a multitasker. I can be like stressed out. You know, thinking I'm going to die. This doesn't get cleared up. And then I can send out a nice email. I don't know if that's healthy, but... (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) But then, you know, I had to get alone. I had to get aside. I texted Rusty because I knew he'd go to battle, and he did. And I needed to get alone, and I needed to get perspective, and I needed to start worshiping and giving thanks. And it took a little while. I'm not going to lie. It took a little while. But it shifts. It shifts. So the uh, prayer of thanksgiving, very powerful prayer. There's lots of scriptures, lots. But here's just a couple. Philippians 4, 6. 
First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Ephesians 5, 19 to 20. 19 and 20. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. There's, there's a lot. Um, Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. And I'll just stop there. Um, this is such a, a vital one because it gets in Mark 11 where, um, you know, Jesus has cursed the fig tree and he's telling them, you know, have faith in God. And, you know, if you talk to the, if you speak to the mountain, it'll move, you know, that part of scripture. And then he says, and if you have unforgiveness towards anyone, you better go forgive them, get yourself right, or God's not going to forgive you. So I think the prayer of confession, forgiveness, and repentance is a very, very important one because we want to have our heart right before God, before we want to, you know, we want to enter his throne room, we want to enter his gates, we want to be in his presence because that's where that transforming ability, that transforming power happens but if we've got unforgiveness and sin and bitterness and, you know, all that yucky, yucky stuff inside of us, I just, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like when I'm like that, my prayers are not even getting off the ground. They're just not doing anything. So, I'm sorry. Uh, Mark 11, I think it would be like verse 24 maybe or 25, somewhere in that general area. Um. So one of, the, one of the things that I always do in my prayer time is, Lord, search my heart, see if there's any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Show me where I might be holding on to any unforgiveness or bitterness or anything like that, because I want to be that perfect vessel through which your power can flow. I don't want it to be clogged up. And the only way I can do that is to get rid of all the trash. Because, you know, during the course of a day, I can pick up trash real easy. I'm like a trash collector. Okay. My wiring is, <laughs> if y'all don't know this, spiritual warfare. <laughs> so... When people talk about spiritual warfare, my heart, like, it's already racing now. So I get excited about that. That's just how God has, has wired me, is that when it comes to doing battle, front lines. Just go ahead. Take me out there. You too? Or you have a question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, here, I'm not going back to Am I going too fast? I need to slow uh, down. I'm, well, it takes me a while to absorb this. Okay. I'm, Yes. I personally, I find that sometimes backing, mm-hmm. he's, when he's on spikes and backing. Yes. He can drag that trash in there and I am tempted. That's just what I, I feel like. I know that it's trash. 
getting rid of the trash. Mm -hmm. The little light bulb went off. Okay. You know? And I said, okay, I can relate to that. I can do that. Packing, when he's coming at me, that makes sense to me. Good. Okay. Two things. First John 5, uh, 9. Okay, so you know what? We're going along and we're collecting trash. <laughs> if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? Right. Don't get hung up in it like, I'm just not worthy of your forgiveness and your cleansing. Well, right here it just says confess it. <laughs> confess it, let him do his part. I think one of the, with the spiritual warfare part, see something I've learned over the years and I'm still learning and learning is if I'm prepared over here, I don't pick up so much trash. But if I don't get prepared over here, I am tr attracting trash all day. <laughs> and by the end of the day, you can just be, you know, filled and overflowing with crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's no room for it because there's just so much of him in you that there's just not room for all the trash. Yeah. In that, you know, I've had people, and this isn't in any way legalistic, but I've had people say, when do you pray? Well, I look at the Bible. Abraham rose up early. David rose up early. Joseph rose up early, I think. I think they, most of them rose up early. Jesus rose up early. So I rise up early. That's my prayer time. First of all, I have a very busy mind. <laughs> the later it gets in the day, <laughs> it ain't so good. <laughs> but if I get up and just have that quiet time, that's quiet for me. I don't look at it in a legalistic way. Like if you're not praying early in the morning, then he's not hearing your prayers. No, I... I'm just saying I tend to look at how it's been modeled out. Jesus prayed during the night, too. He would get away and sometimes be up all night long praying. I can't say that I've done that yet, not an not all-nighter. Yes, that solitude that waiting on the Father to know what his heart is, to know what he's saying, to know what he's want, what his assignment is. What is our assignment every day? I think that's like so critical for us as disciples that we need to know what our assignment is for the day. And we can't know if we're not willing to get up 
and listen and be still. Have that time of worship and praise and thanksgiving. Just that cleansing time. Yeah. So with spiritual warfare, you know, the battlefield is the mind. I just... I feel like our our thought life is so affected by everything around us, our past, our relationships now. Everything, I believe, affects our minds and how we process things, how we see people, how we see situations. Being in his presence, being in his word, being in prayer transforms our mind so that we have the mind of Christ. I don't want the mind of Linda. A little bit of Linda's good. (laughs) I would rather have the mind of Christ, (laughs) predominantly. It's the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So, you know, we're to guard our heart and our mind, right? I don't always know the address of all the scriptures, but I, I, I know that's a scripture. Um, probably two of the biggest, most common prayers that I pray for spiritual warfare is probably the most common ones, Psalm 91 and Ephesians 6. In Ephesians 6, you know, I just start like in verse 10. I'll be strong in you, Lord. I'll be empowered through my union with you. I always pray and I look at the word, but then I turn it and make it first person. Is that the right first person? Yeah. I'll be strong in the Lord and be empowered through my union with you. I am going to draw my strength from you, Lord, that strength which your boundless might provides. And then I start putting on the armor. So God, thank you that I am not wrestling, where am I? God, I'm going to put on your whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which you have supplied, so that I can stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. And you know, you just start rolling, because after a while, you just know it. And you know your armor, you know where it goes, that belt of truth, you know? Lord, I'm tightening that around my waist because I need your truth today because your truth sets me free, right? You can just start rolling, which honestly takes me into another type of prayer, (laughs) which is praying God's word. That is probably my all-time favorite, is praying God's word, praying what his word says, declaring, declaring what his word says over me, over my family, over our church, over our finances, our marriage, our children, whatever it is, and praying what has been prophesied over us. You know, I have a, I didn't bring it, I meant to, but I have a, a journal that all it is, is is prayers that have been prayed over Rusty and I, over me, over our kids, over um, businesses, just things like that. Because, you know, when things get hard, it's just really nice to open that up and go, oh, yeah, you promised. And you never go back on your promises. Right. And so then I just can start 
having that as part of my prayer too. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you that greater are you that is in me than he that is in this world. I thank you that no weapon formed against our family will ever prosper. And any tongue that rises against us in judgment, we will prove to be in the wrong. And afterward, you, after a while, you know his word so well that it just excites you and ignites you to start speaking it and declaring it and seeing it, expecting it to come to pass. Like you can't, it would be hard to get depressed and negative and beat down if, if you're in a lifestyle of prayer. So when I'm beat down and negative, it's because I've, I've stepped away. I've stepped out of this, this power and provision and his way of doing things. Anybody else feel that way? Who said that? Stan? Yes. Yes. And you can go to Luke ten nineteen and Matthew and Matthew ten one. Luke ten nineteen. I have given you power and authority over all the power that the enemy possesses, and nothing, nothing in any way can harm us. That's an awesome promise. But without faith it's impossible to please God. So it's got to be a prayer that's got faith backing it. And you know how you grow your faith? through being in prayer and communion with God. It grows your faith to a point where you can say that and mean it and know it. But in the beginning, I didn't feel so confident when I would say (laughs) things, you know, pray different things, especially over when our marriage was bad and our finances were bad. And I'm praying that Rusty's the priest of our home. I wasn't feeling that. Stan said. It's just like practical. That's good. Yep. So we dress in spiritual armor so that the spirit world around us says, ooh, let's not mess with her today. (laughs) Let's carry on. (laughs) Let's go find somebody that's not walking in their authority, somebody that's not dressed in their armor, and we'll mess with them. One of the. Well, some do. And what happens? If you have a brain, right? Now, one of the things, and again, my wiring. This is my wiring, but I heard Bill Johnson say, "When we say no to the war we were born for, we face a conflict we have no grace for. When we say no." to the war we were born for, 
we face a conflict we have no grace for. He was talking about David with Bathsheba. David was supposed to be at war. It was the time when, you know, they're supposed to be at war. The king is supposed to be at war. He chose not to go to war and he stayed back. He ended up on the roof, saw Bathsheba bathing, and we know how that ended. That we were born for. Mm-hmm. And we face a conflict that we have no grace for. It is a biggie. So, yeah, I feel like I could go off on that for, yeah, maybe not. Um, right. Right. If we say yes to a battle that we weren't called to engage in, then there's no grace for that either. And we've entered, right? So you can flip that too, yeah. Um, Persistent prayer. What? Oh, okay. Really? Wow. Um. Persistent prayer. Ask, keep on asking, seek, keep on seeking, knock, keep on knocking, right? Persistence. Here's the definition. Applying non-stop, constant, steady, relentless prayer to a, or pressure to a situation. So if we're applying non-stop, constant, steady, relentless pressure to a situation then that means we're not, we're not stopping. We're not giving up. We're going after. And of course, all of this is based on God's word. You're praying God's word. You're not being persistent in something that does not line up with his will, right? Um, so in Luke 18, it's where uh, Jesus is telling about the widow and the unrighteous judge, and she just would not stop. And so here was this unrighteous judge that ended up giving her what she wanted. So if we're persistent, we have a righteous judge. He'll give us a whole lot more, right? Um, Yeah, and you don't stop. When we're being persistent... And we're praying and we're praying and we're seeking and we're interceding or whatever it is that we're doing. And then we're listening. Once you get your answer, that's your answer. Whether, whether you like that answer or not, that is your answer. You don't keep being persistent hoping that God will change his mind. You trust knowing that the answer that you got... Um, You know, we've had, I have personally had a few of those where I have persistently petitioned. That's another type of prayer, prayer of petition. I have petitioned the Lord and the answer I got was not the answer that I wanted. So then I have a choice. I can either pretend that he did not say that, (laughs) 
which I've done. <laughs> like, that couldn't have been him, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he would want this. So I can either ignore, pretend like I, yeah, I don't think that was him, and just keep pushing and pushing and persisting, which starts to feel not so good. It just, it doesn't feel, your spirit just gets kind of, ugh, because you got your answer. You just didn't like the answer. Right. But do we trust? Do we trust that he knows the end from the beginning? He already knows what's down the road awaiting us. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you really want this. All right, here you go. I hope you're happy. I don't know. What? Right. Right. That's perfect example. Chris Fountain says what? Right. So when you're praying the prayer of petition, that word petition actually means like a legal document. Like you are, you are drawing up a legal document. You are listing out the things that you are petitioning the Lord for. And you're coming before him like a lawyer coming, you know, into the courtroom and, and giving his case. That's my understanding of that scripture in Philippians somewhere for something, I think. Um, so yes, be specific. Be specific. Oh, really? That is awesome. That is very awesome. All right. Let me see. So, another prayer, type of prayer, is the power, the prayer of power. Okay? At salvation, the Holy Spirit deposited power in us, in Jesus. Okay? So that, see if you, if you agree with this. There's three baptisms. So that, that's your first baptism, is baptism of salvation. Okay? That's the Holy Spirit doing that. So that would be, like we would call that the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Then there's water baptism that, you know, a, a disciple does. And then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. You can look at Acts 1.8. There's a lot of scriptures. Acts 1.8, Ephesians 3.20, John 7.38. What I like about this is in all four Gospels, it's recorded Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and 
the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I feel like if it's in all four Gospels, that's really something that we want to pay attention to. I do. So if we want our if we want our prayers to be powerful and transforming, the power is in us, but how does it get out of us? Okay? If we want our prayers to be powerful, we've got to get the power that's been placed in us out of us. Cuz it's not it can only do so much in us. It can do a lot when it's released. Right? Okay, so in order to do that, we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That releases the power that is in us out of us, okay? Think about prior to Acts, prior to, what was it in two something, Acts two something, prior to the Holy Spirit coming in power, in fire, Prior to that, think about the disciples, how they were. And they, they were with Jesus for those three years. Right, right. Absolutely. So... Mm-hmm. But they still had they still had fear. They still could be intimidated. They still they ran. ran. Okay. Yeah. Now on the other side of the baptism, what happened? Right away, Peter stood up, and three thousand souls were saved. He stopped running. So, as disciples, as front line, we need all the power and all the protection that we can get. Right? Right. Now, there was something... uh, Tend to lose papers. Okay, well, I'm going to wing this. Um, Revelation 5. I'll know it when I see it. Okay, Revelation 5, 8. Okay. Um... So when Jesus, I think they're talking about Jesus here. When Jesus has taken the scroll, the four, leaving, the four living creatures and the 24 elders prostrated themselves before the lamb. Each was holding a harp and they had golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Okay. Flip over to, I want to say Revelation 8. Yeah. Revelation 8. Maybe verse 3. 
another angel came and stood over the altar. He had a golden censer and he was given very much incense that he might mingle it with the prayers of all the people of God upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, the Holy Spirit likes this. <laughs> he does. Like, um, And the smoke of the incense arose in the presence of God with the prayers of the people of God from the hand of the angel. So the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and cast it upon the earth. Now how I'm translating that, and my, our theologians can, we are to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. We need power to do that. And the more, so I wanted to bring a visual. <laughs> so the more, <laughs> what's going on? Am I missing something? Cool. So these are our prayers, okay? <laughs> and they're filling the bowl up. That's okay, all right? And, and we want our bowls to fill, right? We want, our, we want our bowls as full as they can be. We don't want empty bowls. That's, that's sad, okay? And I, brought some, I brought some frankincense. Rusty's like, two drops, two drops, Linda. Because he's all about his frankincense. Two drops. He's not even here. I could have like glopped it. Okay, and our prayers, they've got this sweet fragrance. Hey, smell. They've got this sweet fragrance and they're going up to the throne room of God and the angel is saying, oh, yeah, I like this. And he's lighting the fire from the altar and he's taking and he's casting it down to the earth. To me, that's like, I want my bowl full and overflowing. I want that aroma heading right up to the throne room. I want that angel taking that censer and casting that fire down to the earth. I want to walk in all the power and all the fullness that God has for me, that Jesus died to give me. And the only way I can do that is by having a lifestyle of prayer, by, by looking at his word and saying, teach me, show me. Everything that happened to me as a new Christian, I didn't even understand. I was very like uneducated <laughs> and naive. So everything that happened... I just took God on his word. He said, I could hear his voice. Okay, I can hear your voice. He said, you know, come to the altar and confess your sins and make Jesus your Lord. I was like, dang, okay. I need that because I'm a wreck. Joyce Meyer was my mentor. I mean, we were going to church, but she became my mentor. I think I had every tape, every DVD that, that she put out. I did. That, I, I was so hungry 
that that's all I did. I drove around. I was in real estate, I think, at that time. And I drove around a lot, showing property and doing meetings and homeschooling. And so Cody heard Joyce Meyer like <laughs> all the time. He could, you know, he could repeat a lot of it. So I went to one of her conferences over in Fort Lauderdale. I was like, I'm going to sign up as a volunteer. And sometimes, you guys, things happen that just you don't understand. I didn't. But when we gathered that day, um, before the conference started, and everybody's standing and they're holding hands and uh, some guy's leading the prayer, but what I heard was... I didn't know what I was hearing. I just knew, like, is this a, I don't know what this language is. Like, what am I hearing? I do think that God placed an angel. I can't prove it, but I was at the CD table. Next to me was the book table. Wouldn't you know, there was a nurse that was working the book table. So I had questions. I didn't feel... I didn't feel weird. I just had questions because I trusted. I trusted Joyce Meyer. I trusted where I was. So I felt safe. That was like a safe environment. And so I say to the lady, Karen, did you hear all those people? Like, what language were they speaking? And she was like, you've never heard of praying in the spirit or praying in tongues? I was like, Nope. <laughs> Like, I didn't want to admit I didn't even know the Bible. I only knew, like, a little bit at that point. And I was so excited because, see, this is my Joyce Meyer Bible. <laughs> I've had it rebound. But I, that was one of the reasons I wanted to go over there. If you volunteered, you got a free Bible. So that's been my, I've, I've never wanted to part with it because I've learned so much through it. So she's like, never heard of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I'm like, Nope. <laughs> Never heard of praying in tongues? Nope. <laughs> and she's like, well, let's go to lunch together. I was like, okay. <laughs> she was very nice. So um, I do have trouble focusing if there's more than, if there's one person, if we're having a conversation, but you guys are all talking too, I can't hear everything you're saying. I, I mean, I have to really, really work hard to hear what you're saying if you guys are all talking. So like 8,000 people... <laughs> leave this conference and we're at Sawgrass Mill Mall or something like that and it's this huge huge food court now I'm starting to freak out a little bit because it's loud in there and I'm thinking I feel like she's got really something important to say that I want to hear and I'm never going to be able to hear so I'm starting to get like a little stressed a little anxious I go through I get my tray and she had said I got a couple other friends that are here and they're going to come too. We're excited to talk to you. And I was like, okay. So we sit down and God knows if this is truth or not because it's, it's a freaky story. I know that, but it's my story. So I've got this whole stressed out, fearful thing going on. Like I'm never going to be able to hear her. I'm not going to be able to pay attention. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? She leans across the table to me and she says, Linda. And everything went silent. Now I'm freaking out big time now because there's still people walking around and I can see their mouths moving, but there's no sound except her voice. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like Star Wars or Star Trek, whatever that, you know, like, woo. Maybe that's not Star Wars or Star Trek. I don't know. But anyway, I'm like now starting to really go, oh my gosh. And I'm still looking around and people are walking (laughs) and their mouths are moving, but there's no sound. And she leans in and she starts telling me about the Holy Spirit and about the tongues of fire. She's got her Bible. She's showing me all these scriptures. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. She's like, do you want me to pray for you? I was like, yeah, (laughs) of course. So she prays for me, and she says, amen. Bam, everything turns back on. And I'm like, oh, man. My first thought is, okay, our marriage is starting to get restored, but this could be a deal breaker, you know? Like, he might go, you are flipping out, Linda. So I call him, I call Rusty, and I said, hey, and it's so loud, and I'm holding my ear, and he's like, I can barely hear you. I was like, listen, you got to answer this question really quick. And he's like, what? And I said, is it, because he knows the Bible, and I said, is it in the Bible about like speaking in tongues and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. He's in agreement. And I said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. So I don't, I mean, I didn't feel any different. I'm still really freaked out about what happened, but I don't know what, I mean, I just don't know what to make of it. So she talks to me every break. She's talking to me and just ministering to me and we leave she's like, I'm going to go, um, I'll be at the next conference that she does, ah, Orlando or something. And I was like, I'll be there. And I was, but she wasn't. That's why I'm kind of like, maybe she was an angel. I don't know. So I get home. I've only been gone, not even 48 hours. And Rusty coached um, Cody's baseball team. And I was the team mom. So I was just going to be a little late for the game. That's all. And I get there and I'm walking up. I do not feel any different. But I'm walking up to the dugout, and Rusty's just staring at me. And I was like, what's up? And he goes, you are so beautiful. I was like, thanks. And he's like, no, you are so beautiful. And I'm like, okay, good, you know, thank you. And then I walk into the dugout of 15 10-year-olds, maybe 11, I don't even know how old they were at that point because he coached from T-ball on. And they all get up and they're looking at me. (laughs) And they run and they start hugging me. And I'm like, man, like, am I dying? You know, they found out I've got cancer or something. And they're like all, because these boys don't hug. You know, they're sitting in there beating on their cups. They're boys. You know, they don't hug their team mom. And I'm like, what in the world? I was like, oh, hi, you guys. Okay, game on, you know. So that night, we're going out with some friends, Rodney and Tammy. And I mean, Rusty keeps saying, man, you're just glowing. And I look in the mirror like, am I oily? Do I need to put some powder on? Because I'm not getting it. And he's like, you're, you're just glowing. And I was like, oh, thanks. So we go out to, to dinner that night with Rodney and Tammy. And Rodney's looking at me real funny. And I'm like, paranoid like what is it you know and he's like did you do something different I'm like no Tammy goes are you using different makeup I'm like no uh uh-uh, same makeup I don't know 
And they're just like, they're intrigued. I, I didn't understand what had happened. I'm telling you, when I say that I was naive, I was very naive. But what people started telling me from our church was, man, it's like you're on this express lane. And I was like, really? Yeah, like you are just, you went from, okay, Jesus, I'm a mess, fix me, to bam, you know, you're laying hands on people and this is happening and that's happening. And I'm like, y'all aren't doing that? (laughs) I didn't know. There is power in a lifestyle with the Holy Spirit. He leads us, he guides us, and our prayers hit the throne room, and it is a pleasant, pleasant aroma to our dad. And our prayers come back to earth. We bring the kingdom of heaven to earth by releasing the power that the Holy Spirit wants out. So if we want to affect our families, if we want to affect our church, if we want to affect our community, we need all the power that we can get. And my personal experience is, if I had it to do all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. So, Holy Spirit, come. We just thank you for your presence here. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart has been pleasing to you. I pray that every word that I said was a word from you with your power backing it. Thank you for what you're doing in our church, in our community, and in our families. Thank you that there's no greater thing that we can go after than a lifestyle of prayer and being empowered by you and it being released through us. So I pray now that each and every person here hungers after more of you. That all doubting, all questions, all fear just go in the name of Jesus. That it leaves your minds and it leaves your spirit, your soul, your flesh. And it's replaced with a power that only you can bring and a power that only can be released by you through us. Thank you. Jesus, thank you. It's in your holy and precious name that I pray. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray for you to burn your way in into Joe. Clear out that garbage. Help him to keep it clear. Give him the power that you yearn for him to have, that he would walk in the power and the authority that you've placed within him. In Jesus' name, amen. Woman of God. Woman of God. Father, I pray for boldness to rise up in my sister Nancy. I pray that these hands, these hands would continue to touch and bring fire and healing in your name, Jesus. 
Hands of fire in Jesus' name. Hands of fire in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, more. I baptize you in the Holy Spirit by his fire and his power in Jesus' name. Amen. Man of wisdom. I mind the spirit of discouragement and fear in Jesus' name. And I release the baptism in the Holy Spirit to be permeating every cell in your body that you would fear the you would feel the fire of the Holy Spirit burning through you and burning away every bit of discouragement, fear. Discouragement and fear in Jesus' name. More of you, Holy Spirit, more of you. Just breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe him in. Breathe him in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Breathe in his spirit. Breathe out every bit of anxiety, every bit of fear, every bit of doubts and uncertainties. And there would not be any confusion. There would be complete clarity of mind and assignment. Father, I pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit to just impart that into Tammy and she would breathe in, be refilled, overflowing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for even greater wisdom and experiences with you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, it's in your name, your precious name, your precious blood that covers Tina, that she can bathe in that and know that she is protected, her family is protected. Holy Spirit, more of you, more of you, more and more. That fire would burn off anything, any anxieties, any fear in Jesus' name. Boldness, boldness. Thank you. Teresa, she sees much. She sees much. And what I see are like, you know, when you go to the eye doctor and they go, better one, better two. Mm -hmm. That that image, the things that you're seeing, that there's even greater clarity, that it's sharper what you're seeing. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, more. More. More wisdom more confidence, more clarity. Where she doubts, you fill her up with certainty. That she would walk in that truth. Thank you that she's a seer. In Jesus' name, more Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit.
Holy Spirit, more of you, more boldness, more strength and victory. You would burn brighter and longer and stronger in this man of God. More and more, more Holy Spirit. Just turn up the heat, crank up the flame. Let it burn brighter and stronger and bolder. Walking in victory. Walking in purity and love. I feel his love transferring and I just pray, Kate, that you feel that and you receive it and that it just bubbles up inside of you. Holy Spirit, more of you, that you would baptize Kate in the Holy Spirit fire and that you would release her tongue to speak. You have prophetic words that you have not uttered. You carry a boldness. More. More courage. More boldness. To speak what you're seeing. That's the Father's heart, what you're seeing. Don't be afraid to tell people what you're seeing. It's his, it's his heart. And you'll share it the right way. That's what I feel. very pleased with you, Brian. I feel his presence so strong. You're a man after his heart. You want to do things right. So I pray for an increase in wisdom and joy, more wisdom and greater discernment. Holy Spirit, just burn brighter and brighter and stronger in Jesus' name. May this baptism be the strongest that he's ever felt, the infilling stronger than he's ever experienced before. And I truly see money. And you'll know what to do with it because he trusts you. You're You're not in love with money. Money doesn't rule you. So he can trust you with more and you'll know what to sow and what to not sow. for Stan more of you Holy Spirit he is so pleased with you Stan he is so pleased with the man that you are that he can trust you with his word he can trust you with his people there's just no what's the word Lord you're not vicious You're not judgmental. You see the best. You see the best in people. So Holy Spirit, more, just more and more of you, a fresh infilling, fresh fire, fresh power in Jesus' name.
Tim, I feel like I feel like there's a lens that he wants to change for you to see things just a little bit differently than what you have been. He wants to open your eyes and you'll know it's him. You don't have to be fearful or doubting. You'll know that it's him. So a greater measure of wisdom and discernment. You are such a wise man. Such a wise man. Holy Spirit, your baptism of fire be upon him. Light him up in Jesus' name. such a tender heart and you feel you feel at such a level that most of us don't experience and it's a good thing it's not a bad thing it's a good thing and it is so pleasing to the father when he sees how you carry his heart where you go when you minister to the people that you do so Jesus I pray for more that the anointing would grow stronger, the discernment would grow stronger. You baptize her with fire, great fire, burning away insecurities, fears, and doubts. She walks in confidence, but still with the humility that makes her so precious in your sight. Thank you for your love. looking around. The vision is becoming clearer and your purpose is growing clearer. The path that he wants, where there's a why, the fork in the road, you know which way to go. Go. Pray that that resonates with you. If it doesn't, just throw it out. More Holy Spirit of you, that there would be such a fire that wells up inside of Sherry. She is a force to be reckoned with in a good way, in a courageous way. Her discernment will go to a new level, and her prayer life is going to a new level. And you're excited. He's so excited of where you're headed. So bless her. Sherry, bless her. Jesus, bless her. More Holy Spirit. Just name more fire. Clarity. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray that.
that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is pleasing to you. Let me be so clear on what you want to say. Pray for Rusty. He is a man after your heart. He desires to walk in your will and your way. Where there is uncertainty, bring him certainty. Holy Spirit, burn brighter and stronger. Give him more boldness, especially to speak the words that you have inside of him. Jesus' name. You, Holy Spirit, for Alex. Thank you that you love him with an everlasting love. And Holy Spirit, you're growing stronger and brighter inside of him. Thank you for my Jaden. Holy Spirit, more. He's so sensitive to you, Holy Spirit. Just continue to grow in him and nurture him like only you can. As we go into this next phase, this next season, it is a season where God wants to take us to a new level in our prayer life, and it has to because of the challenges that are in front of us. We can't defeat and we can't take ground until we move into this new deeper level of intimacy, of strengthening, of walking in the boldness that the Holy Spirit has imparted into each of us. New, fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh power coursing through us. There is no reason to shrink back. There is no reason to fear. There is no reason to doubt or not be, or to be confused. We walk in the love and the power that he's provided for us. Jesus, I know this is your heart. Thank you for using me. Thank you for changing me. Thank you for creating me and me a clean and pure heart tonight that I could deliver your word. It is an honor, and I thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.